This is an adult podcast made for adults by adults. Two simple questions to consider while you're listening to today's podcast. Is Suede a good swimmer? And two, do I need to get off my philosophy armchair because I'm ruining social justice? Hashtag water on this episode of Fake Fogo. Welcome to Fake Film Fans, a movie podcast for thoughtful degenerates. <laughs> just gonna breathe into the microphone, just gonna do a good heavy little breathe into the microphone before you start. Who, me? Yeah, yeah, you. Oh, I didn't even realize. I guess I'm just too close to my mic today. I'm He's, too close. He's too close to his mic already. Uh, I'm Suede Best. This is a post-gym recording, guys. Also, I don't I wanna, breathe I don't into the microphone anyone. all the time. I edit out breathing into the microphone all the time. Walter, I cannot hear you. I cannot hear you over how big my muscles are, because this is a post-gym podcast. I see, I see. Fuck whatever opening you had. This opening is all about my sweet muscles. Yeah. The muscles. <laughs> this is like a dead, this is complete dead air. I, th- I threw out Walter's knife. I'm going to hit it back to you. Well, what, what do you want me to to bully you again and then make you mad at me? (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to think. There's actually literally nothing funny about the gym. It's very wet where I am, so I was very wet today. So that has nothing to do with the gym? No, it has nothing to do with the gym. Because you could be... I went to McDonald's and it was very wet. Or... I did not go to McDonald's, though. I went to the gym. I saw a light bulb and it was very wet. Or... I did see a light bulb today. I did see a light bulb. The windows today were weird. They were purple, but it was very wet. Like, this could be anything, right? Maybe, how is a wall? White, but it how, was very Why white. is a wall white? Because of its whiteness. I thought if you couldn't see colors, doves were black. Doves were black. But it's very wet. I listened to that bit again today, Walter, and it was very funny. <laughs> the joke itself isn't funny, but it is a very good bit in the episode. That's probably not good for the podcast if I talk about our previous episode of the podcast. No, it makes people go back. And because oh, we can't give them the specific episode, they have to listen to all of them to figure it out. That's and true. everyone who listens to this episode is going to be that fucking motivated. So <laughs> let's just make this episode about referencing the past. This is actually a special episode that that's just us talking about how much we like the podcast. And then everyone's going to be like, huh, I remember that bit, but I don't remember where it is. I guess I have to re-listen to the whole <laughs> podcast again just to fucking find it. Well, speaking of referencing old episodes, there's like three episodes where I refuse to introduce myself. I was curious. I know you really love this bit of us introducing ourselves. Do you think some people refuse to come on the podcast because they're so scared of this and they're used to people introducing them? Oh, I see. Like it's this hurdle, this insurmountable hurdle exactly. that they, they can't even jump over. It's just like, how am I going to introduce myself? I don't know. Do you think it's awkward introducing yourself? I have to do it a lot in my job. Not it's awkward, but a lot of the... Uh, uh, podcast I listen to, which is not a lot. So yeah, I probably listen to way more podcasts than you. They use, seem to use one person, and the one person kind of introduces everyone. Yeah, but if I let you introduce who I am, you're going to do a bad job every time. And I can't have that on my brand. That's kind of why I meant you introduce everyone all the time. No, 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 no. Because we all have to bring our little flavor, our picante. It's a little birdhouse in our soul, if you will. Oh, another reference oh. to the old days where I use picante raw you can <laughs> look true. through all the episodes again to find I that I one <laughs> the show. 
Yeah, I did. I called like Batman Picante or something, and you were like, that's not how you use Picante, Walter. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, maybe what it was was you used Picante, and then Tori called Poutine Picante. It wasn't Picante. Oh, no, it's Oat Cuisine. It was Oat Cuisine. How do you say it? Oat Oat, Couture? Couture? Yeah, yeah, Okay, never mind. It wasn't Picante. I think there was a fucking episode about Picante, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's another of my neighbors, Picante. By the way, Terry was telling me about two trailers he saw, but neither of them are long or interesting enough to bring to the show. He told me about The Whale, starring Brendan Fraser. That looks really good. And Mind Cage, starring Martin Lawrence, I think? Which also looks okay. Yeah, people have hated all of Terry's films. So it seems like Terry's taste really? is really good because he understands that the trailers are good, but the movies suck. So fucking yeah, you have Terry. to remember he doesn't like movies. He likes movie trailers. Well, that's what I said, you fucker. <laughs> oh no! I wasn't listening. I was a bad listener. I was a bad podcast host. Do you think we should go to couples therapy, <laughs> like online couples therapy for the podcast? Like get a therapist in and just listen to us complain about each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Try and fix our issues. Don't you think if our issues were fixed, the podcast would be boring? That's true. We're reality TV right now. We are supposed to be broken to make this interesting. I am Snooky, and you are. Wario. <laughs> That's right. That's my favorite episode of the Jersey Shore. When Wario comes on the Jersey Shore and he's like, Yeah, ah, Snooky, yes. I love your mushrooms. I mean, it does sound like he's from New Jersey, right? Mushroom Kingdom is in New Jersey. Is that what you're saying? Princess Peach does not sound like she's from New Jersey, but most of the others do. No. Oh, Mario. Oh, Mario. Where is she from? Is she the queen? No, she's a princess. Shouldn't there be a queen of Mushroom Kingdom? Well, there's no prince either, so. No, there's just a or princess. King. And a plumber. They didn't need to make Princess Peach a princess. They could have made her a handmaiden. No, because you need a princess for a handmaiden that would be like you need feet for socks right you can't have a handmaiden without a princess well maybe she was a handmaiden for a very bourgeoisie couple or something like that but then there would still need to be someone above her for that to function yeah but all i'm saying is she didn't need to be a princess at all well yeah no one needs to be (laughs) no one needs to be anything that's very true no but most disney films most disney films the princess is part of a kingdom okay but this is not disney this is nintendo actually mushroom kingdom is a kingdom i guess yeah wait why did i why did i even entertain what you were saying that's the dumbest thing i've ever heard because there are fucking castles see this is actually the problem post-workout i got all these good feelings going i'm feeling open i'm feeling vulnerable i'm feeling good just like ready to put out some chill positive vibes but it means i can't call walter out on his horse shittery that he just manifests in the air uh, oh well <laughs> <laughs> Tell me well, about the movie you watched. This movie is literally about bourgeoisie people too. So okay. Oh, so this was your this was your ham-fisted transition. Yeah, it was my ham-fisted transition. This movie is called The Discreet Charm of the Princesses. <laughs> is it really? No, it's The Discreet Charm of the Bourgeoisie. Okay, <laughs> I was about to be very excited. <laughs> Basically, I didn't watch anything like super juicy up my uh, wavu. But I brought something way more popular. <laughs> that way I can like... Up your what? My no, wavu. Up your what? My wavu. Your wavu? Yeah. What the... F- Do you mean wahoo? Who cares? That word makes no sense. <laughs> so it deserves to not be pronounced correctly. Okay, fair enough. You're right. That's true. Do you have to say YOLO like YOLO? You can say it like YOPO and it's like fucking fine. <laughs> <laughs> what does the P in Yopo stand for? Because you know when you say YOLO, it stands for specific things. Yeah, but as long as you say hashtag, no one gives a shit what it stands for. So you go hashtag you, YOPO. You live in a, you, hashtag you live in a nightmarish world. Hashtag you, you live water. In a, you, 
<laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> you, live in, you live in a nightmarish land, Walter. That's not true. People are nightmarish, and I just no, buy no, no, into no. You the live in a You live in a Mad Hatter, Batman villain-style world. You are, like, always two steps away from becoming a Batman villain. I hope you know that. Your grip on reality is so tenuous that you're always close to becoming the next great Batman villain. I think Batman villains actually have a great grip on reality. <laughs> He's so country. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you think that. I'm glad you think I, I, You know what? My positive gym energy is telling me to tell you that I'm glad you think All that. All right. So this is like Bruno's most fucking famous film. Oh, Bruno. You know, everyone knows Bruno. Yeah, because he's the fucking, your favorite guy, Salvador Dali's best friend. Why is Salvador Dali my favorite guy? Maybe Bosch was your favorite guy. Yeah, I like, if we're talking about painters, I like Hieronymus Bosch the best. And I like, I like those soup can paintings by Andy Warhol, a good can of soup soup why did terry just come here <laughs> <laughs> terry's always here with me terry's never too far away terry's always here in my heart this is what i've decided to do i'm going to tell you what the uh, very short synopsis is and then ask you one quick question and then i'll tell you a little more details and then we're going to play a multiple choice game oh i'm good at multiple choice i'm actually not i always did really bad at multiple choice tests yeah take out your multiple choice pen my magic rolling pen the film is about three couples who try to eat meals at one of the couple's house these couples are all very rich but they keep getting interrupted by like absurd things some of the meals they dream and some of them are actually real and they actually get interrupted the, my quick question to you by the way is in Hong Kong whenever I like meet friends we always go for meals it feels like in the US that's not the same because whenever you go look for friends you guys never fucking eat together oh time for some some realness right now walter a, a lot of the reason me and my friends don't go out to eat every time we hang out is that we can't afford to <laughs> no no that that i always thought was like part of it but i don't think all my friends who are like local students can afford going out every single fucking time too i mean in high school we used to that was what we would do we would get in someone's car and like drive to mcdonald's or something because we had the expendable income but these days me and all my friends are like eh, i can't hmm. well and you know the other thing we are friends you and i both are friends with a lot of picky fucking people it's just a weird thing for me because my experience with hong kong friends maybe we played a sport maybe Maybe we played like cards, maybe we played board games, but we always ate. Actually, another big deal is no one ever went to anyone's house because Hong Kong's too small. So you would have to go out to eat. So maybe that's a factor too. And coffee wasn't a big deal when I was growing up, I guess. You can also walk anywhere. Yes. Or bus anywhere. Where I'm located, it's not so easy. Where I'm located, it's like more car centric. So actually, I will say one of the things I've started doing with Tegan and Maggie and Kelly, they were my food friends, is we, we grill. We go to the Maggie's house and we fire up her, her barbecue pit and people bring some like some quick sides and we eat so that's always fun it, it's probably a combination of all these things anyways so yeah because we don't go to my house we don't come to my house my house is full of humans also you know what there, there, there also might be in hong kong is there a culture of like being embarrassed to be seen eating no I, I don't know if you've noticed this, but, like, th there's, like, a thing of, like, especially feminine people, women and women-adjacent humans, sometimes are embarrassed to be seen eating. Oh, yeah, that actually happens a lot. But, like, I forget how sexist Hong Kong is because of how invisible it is, which is, like, a different type of sexism, I guess. <laughs>
It's weird because it's not just you. I feel I feel the same way with a lot of my American friends where I'm always like, why are we doing nothing when we could just go out and try something to eat? And it took me a very long time to get used to this idea of, oh, no, we're just going to someone's house to like do nothing. Shoot the shit. Well, I think I think some people are worried about things like splitting the check and stuff like that and the money and stuff. And I've always been someone who's very willing to let someone else pay for me. <laughs> Like, that's, like, never been an issue for me. Because I'm, like, open, and so, like, I'm a, I'm a good judge of what's going on people, so I usually can tell, like, who's got the cash, who's got the money, the cheddar, the cheese, baby. And I'm like, fucking, man, if you want to buy me a fucking sandwich, hell yeah, give me a, give me a Sammy, give me a, give me a, buy me a, buy me a, give me a... How about that? <laughs> no, 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 give me a this is why Suede gravitated to me. That's true. I find the richos. I sniff them out. All right. You ready for this multiple choice part? Ready for this multiple choice part. Okay. Let me give you some details. The main character is an ambassador from Miranda, a made up South American country. The two other couples, him and his wife keeps trying to visit. They're friends because they're all part of a cocaine deal. He's also in constant danger of being assassinated by a Maoist terrorist group. And the other big side characters, there's a bishop who gets hired as a gardener for the house that they keep trying to visit and eat together. And we find out the bishop's parents were murdered by a gardener. And one day he's asked randomly to give God's blessing to a random gardener, which he finds out this gardener was the one who kills his parents. So he shoots that gardener before the gardener can die from his disease with a shotgun. And then finally, the last detail I'll give is that there's like randomly military in this movie and soldiers will like share stories and all their stories have like ghosts in them. So I have three multiple choice questions for you to pick. And they're all about their meals getting interrupted. The first meal, two couples visit the couple who's hosting this stuff and they get the date wrong. So they have to go to a restaurant because nothing is prepared. They end up leaving the restaurant early because A, the managers just died and the waiters and waitresses are secretly crying over his dead body next door and the wailing gets too loud. B, their menu was spelled with numbers, not letters. And they realized that their waiters, for some reason, spoke in numbers and not letters. <laughs> and C, one of the waiters kept scratching their nose and picking it while they talked to them. So why did the first meal get interrupted? So I just want to say before I pick, I have a feeling I'm going to get every one of these right because I can hear with my brain which ones were Walter-style statements to make and which one is something that a non-Walter would do. So I'm going to go with the choice about the crying over the manager. Correct! <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby! So you mean it's the tone of my voice? No, it's... No! Okay, because... <laughs> No one has your special brand of whatever goes on in your brain, madness, genius, whatever it is, to be like, what if they went to a restaurant where everything was numbers? Like, because that that's like a, a fucking crazy ass. That's insane. But that's surreal. It's surreal, but it's also insane. <laughs> uh, and the nose picking, I mean, come on, that's like a Walter. That's practically a fetish for you. Okay. It's like talking about bodily functions. That makes a lot of sense. All right. If you defeat me, then you win. If you get all these correct. I want, I want the listeners to play along too i want the listen listeners to try and guess too all right so i'll pause before i give the answer this time yeah their second meal gets canceled at the house because a 
Too many people show up to apply for the gardener position, which the bishop eventually wins. B, a purple cow sneaks into the house and freaks out the couple. After discussing whether or not the purple cow might have purple milk, a painter who also raises the cow randomly appears and knocks on their door. C, the host couple sneaks out to have sex, but the maid still lets the other two couples in. When they don't return for a while, the two other couples think the host couple ran away from the cops because of the drug deal. So they freak out and leave. I pause. Well, that one's harder. That's a harder one. That's a little bit of a harder one. That's a harder one? I want it to be the purple cow one, but I know that's from your baby boy brain. I know that's from you. <laughs> so I'm going to go with too many people keep applying to the job. Okay. My little DJs? No, we're not calling them that. We're calling them, we're calling them fake film fans. Fake film fans? Oh. You guys ready? <laughs> okay. It's C. It's C? Yeah, my first one baited you into thinking I was a sex fiend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard the last <laughs> my, my thought for the last one is like, obviously it can't be real because Walter is obsessed with physical intimacy. I was debated. I was debated. <laughs> That's a trick question. Yeah. They they have sex in the garden and then when they come back, the bishop gardener, he comes in and starts picking out the grass out of their hair and that's kind of why he gets hired because he's so good at gardening <laughs> their fucking sex t- of bodies. That's not actually why he gets hired, but it's pretty funny. Okay, I said that some of these meals were interrupted, but they were dreams. So here is the dream question. So this one, I hope, is the hardest one. One of the dreams that their meal is canceled is A, when a waiter serves them a meal, he serves them a plastic chicken, and when the friends are confused, a curtain opens up and they realize they are in a play. Then there's this random director who keeps yelling at them to say their lines. B, a waiter opens up one of the dishes and reveals a knife. He then takes it and slashes the main character's wife's neck. And then C, Somehow while they talk, the couple start discussing whether or not they are the ghost and not the dead. Like they are the ghost and not these like ghost stories they've been hearing. The more they talk, the more convinced they get until they start sensing something is wrong and the film goes all super surreal. And seeing now that they are ghosts, they try to eat, but they can't because the food keeps dropping through their bodies onto the floor. So it's not the last one. It cannot be the last one. Because Why that is, that? is because that sounds like so first of all, you had me going if you just stopped it there arguing about whether or not they're the ghosts and they become convinced they're ghosts, I would have been a little more confused. But that is like legit something I know we have talked about, either in person or on the podcast, about ghosts eating food and it plopping through their bodies. I know we've had that conversation. <laughs> and I love it. Uh, I'm gonna go with the director. The director one is... One, two, three. You're right, Swade. It is eight. I was right. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think that the neck slashing felt like a little too gratuitous for like a surrealist film. Funny enough, there are two scenes where they're both of them are still dreams. One scene is where a colonel insults the main character and the main character gets mad and takes a gun and shoots the colonel so the dinner gets ruined. And number two, there's another scene where the terrorists come in and take machine guns and just like line them up and shoot them in the back of their heads. Do you think I'd like this movie? Well, it sounds kind of sweet. It's hard to say, dude. Bunel's ideas for his films are always incredibly interesting, but they've always been executed a little slower than their summary would sound because he's always dealing with bourgeoisie people too. It makes it for like this elitist kind of tippity 
tip. Like, you won't like the characters. Yeah, some people really struggle with that. I don't always hate that. I mean, I watch a lot of horror movies, and you very rarely do you like the characters in a horror movie, especially like an older horror movie. I mean, Bunel definitely plays around with horror in some of his films. For example, he has a movie called Exterminating Angel, probably another one of his most famous films, about this bourgeoisie couple who invite everyone into a room, and they're like eating lavishly, and then suddenly all the maids are gone, and they realize for some reason something existential just does not allow them to leave the room so you're just stuck in the room that sounds awesome yeah so the ideas are like really weird right and interesting but i don't know it's like bourgeoisie arguing about each other you know (laughs) what i mean so there's that too because i only like dumb movies for dumb people idiot movies for the slow children of the talk about the movie we watched we didn't even say what movie we watched yet by the way <laughs> well we don't usually until we start the next section that's true i guess usually the thing that i open with like my like hey i'm suede best and i'm a blank is usually like a reference to the movie so the movie is called giraffe sitter <laughs> is that like my dumb joke <laughs> that's like a dumb joke you made that's a walter andy joke classic <laughs> Uh, we watched The Whale Rider. <laughs> you, you think that's so funny, huh? The giraffe sitter. You think that's a real good joke? You think it's real fucking funny? I think it's a real good joke. I just have started realizing which jokes piss you off. And that makes me laugh more. <laughs> because they're not jokes. They're not jokes. That's like when my brother was little and he'd be like, knock, knock. Who's there? Cherry. Cherry who? Cherry head. It's like, that's not a joke. That's pretty good. I like that one. <laughs> yeah, because you, you have the logical skills of an eight-year-old. Of course you like that. That's how old he was when he was all like, younger than that. He was like six. Cherry head! <laughs> cherry head! Oh, cherry head! You know what else Rocky used to do? Do you know uh, I'm thinking of the I'm thinking of something game? Like I Spy? Yeah, except it's usually something, but we, we, we used to play with like something you're thinking of. You'd be like, I'm thinking of something yellow and then you'd be like is it a cat or an animal and then i'd be like no and they'd be like is it oh a- like 10 questions yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. 20 questions 10 questions and, but rocky didn't really get it so when he, it was his turn to be the one who's thinking he would just go i'm thinking of a tractor <laughs> like, <laughs> rocky you've ruined the game now i cannot guess as you are thinking of a tractor i know what it is is it a tractor yeah <laughs> didn't quite have a grasp rocky probably at that age thought if you guessed it right he won so he thought he was so clever he was like i'm winning i'm winning because i know what i'm thinking of it's a tractor and it was always a tractor kid loved tractors i've never met anyone in hong kong who loves tractors it's because there are no tractors in Hong Kong there are no farms in Hong Kong <laughs> funny enough when you said tractor it clicked something in my head so I was going through all everything I've seen recently like where the fuck did I think about a tractor it was for Whale Rider or should I say yeah. giraffe or giraffe sitter cherry giraffe head sitter, sitter. <laughs> <laughs> tractor I think you tractor oh, this is unhinged this is an unhinged episode this is hashtag unhinged hashtag yoko it's unhinged hashtag water <laughs> okay how do you even summarize this movie? it's actually pretty easy I mean so basically it's these Maori folks but they're like in their own community doing their own thing and the granddad is like very excited because he thinks that his son is going to have a son 
to keep the, the bloodline going, to keep the lineage going. The lineage of, like, their family and the connection from all the way back to this myth figure that they care about, right? And then the son's wife dies in childbirth along with one of the two kids that she gives birth to. And the one that dies is a boy, so there's only a girl left. And the entirety of this film is just this old man being like, fuck you, granddaughter, you are not allowed to be the village chief. And the granddaughter being like, I'm gonna show him that I can do it. And the entire movie is just him being an asshole, even though she's clearly gonna be good at it. And it's pretty wild. I will say, I watched this movie, or watched a portion of it, probably when it came out, um, in 2002, which would have made me five, six, seven years old. And we got about two minutes into the film. And the film starts with all these fucking whales underwater. And as soon as that first whale just like peaks into the water, I lost it as a seven-year-old. I was like screaming and crying and like having a panic attack. Uh, and we turned it, my mom turned it off because I was terrified of things that existed underwater. And I, I will be honest, watching it again, there was like a microsecond of like, ugh, terrible. But like once I'm like, I, I'm an adult now, I push past it. Because it has this like weird otherworldly music when this like little girl is talking about this mythology folklore has to do with her grandfather's need for a grandson and like there are all these fucking whales fucking obscured under the water like half seen i don't know it's it's freaky i did not like that i still don't like that all that much you don't feel the sense of pride with that the whales they're not ghosts they're ancestors and they like represent a heritage and the whales are like a powerful animal okay as an adult i understand that as a seven-year-old i was like oh man underwater where i can't do breathing or walking and there's a thing that could eat me and it's so giant and also there's this weird music playing nah fuck that that scares the piss out of me yeah i couldn't even understand what was going on so terrified i was of these whales and this weird music playing in the background and music i realized as a child actually like had a lot of emotional effect on me which is i, I it still does i think it's why i tend to write it tends to be themed around like a specific song or album in my head when i'm working on it hotel california i heard that when i was probably 11 and it scared the piss out of me i don't really know why but it's it scared me discarded me as a child and then um also the first time i heard the gorillas album i was probably eight or nine when i first heard it uh made me deeply uncomfortable i remember it kind of creeping me out and it was because it was so different from anything i'd ever heard before i couldn't contextualize it as a child which is all to say like the beginning of this film is like just a woman screaming as she's giving birth and then just giant half seen whales i will say the only time i've ever been scared of music is the lincoln park live album because the last song what's his name chuck charlie he screams mm -hmm. shut up shut up shut up when i'm talking to you and my mom wasn't used to us saying any bad words it was the last song in the album so i always prayed every single time we were riding on the car that we wouldn't hit the last song because all our trips <laughs> would be you know less than 45 minutes and for like a good three weeks we never hit the last song and then finally we did <laughs> And my mom didn't give a shit. And I was like, wait, my mom doesn't care if we say shut up? <laughs> so here's what's crazy. I was scared of the whales. Like, it wasn't like I was like, my mom's going to be mad about the whales. I was like, just scared of what I had seen on the screen. You were scared of repercussions. Actually, if we're talking about this, the only thing I was truly fucking scared of as a kid was my mom. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, Swade no. asked me to prepare a little bit about like what I would be scared of as a child. I like ransacked my brain. There was nothing. No monsters, no ghosts. 
Because I know there's a pretty intense ghost culture in Hong Kong, right? Yeah, but my parents never dealt with that. It wasn't like something that happened in our home that much. We always worshipped our ancestors, though. And I think that would make ghosts less scary. At the same time, you could buy into the fact you have angry ancestors or stuff like that. And because you're not in touch with them as much because you're in Hong Kong, they could become scarier. But as a kid, I was always just scared of everything my mom would get mad at me for. Because <laughs> punishment was not fun. I'm just like a normal Asian kid. You know, Asians get beats so that's what would happen <laughs> i just like don't have the same type of thing that you have a lot of things that you're scared of whenever i'm I talking do. to your I friends do. it always feels like you guys always have these weird things you're scared of as a kid and there's almost like a sense of not pride but like a sense of community with i was scared of something as a child i just never fucking had that i was never scared of the dark in that way in fact the dark was when i could sneak around and do things without my mom knowing <laughs> <laughs> before, before the this figure, this like fucking like figurehead, just like <laughs> just like could descend upon you. Man, we need to write a horror novel about that. Man, that's like kind of what I'm actually working on right now. <laughs> <laughs> what the dark? No, uh, scary moms. What about Kenneth? What about other people in Hong Kong? So Kenneth does have a bit more fears than me, and in fact, a lot of times his fears would piss me off, which was when I was a pretentious edgelord at 16 years old. you're an asshole, yeah. Yeah, but I've toned it down. I don't get pissed off at you for being scared of That's things. true, because I am scared of so many things. Yeah, and in my mind, okay, there are things I'm scared of, right? And they come from, like, really bad stereotypes. Uh-oh. Maybe I'm scared of walking into a neighborhood I don't think I'm very comfortable in. That's racist, or uh, what's the word that's against homeless people? Classist, bigoted. Classist, bigoted, shitty. I'm scared of going a war-torn area. That's war no yeah okay but so what you're saying is you're you're scared of like logical repercussions like i get that yeah like if you go into like lower income area it's probably a little shitty to be like oh man what if i get mugged also like you know there are places people don't go in like baltimore and new york and philly because they don't want to get mugged right that's just like that's just yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't make me like not go into anywhere it just means that i'm gonna be a little on high alert that's very normal i on the other hand don't like to go into pools and open my eyes under because some Sometimes I'm afraid there'll be a shark there or a whale there, which is insane. I don't know who's more insane here, honestly. But when I was an edgelord, I will tell you, if you had that, I would be mad at you and be like, why can't you just man up and get over it? That was my entire mentality when it came to that stuff. And I still have that mentality a little bit with the neighborhood stuff. If I'm with someone and they're a little uncomfortable, especially with women, which is really shitty of me. Yeah, that is Sometimes when a woman's with me and I'm in like a lower class neighborhood that I don't consider very dangerous at all they they're might worried feel that it could be dangerous yeah. more alert right because they have uh more preconcerted notions and they understand some things a little differently than i do i get mad and i like blame them for being racist and that's like really shitty of me too i get that i have gotten frustrated with with human beings i've hung out with when they're like oh you want to go down there it's like kind of sketchy down there and it's like it's not sketchy there's just more black people than there are in your neighborhood but on the other hand women have to be more alert than men so it, i mean it's, it's a bunch of layers it's all complicated that i understand that anger on the other hand me getting angry at you for not opening your eyes in the pool yeah i would be i would be like what the fuck it's not my fault okay since you asked about kenneth we tried to teach him how to swim and i was so angry at him for the whole time because first of all kenneth's kind of like you he's neurotic no so you have some things you're scared of where i'm kind of like oh you're not gonna be able to do it and then you're like no i can do it it's easy and then when it happens it's like i can't do i it. can't yeah then i struggle <laughs> yeah fucking kenneth was like this too all the fucking time oh yeah it's easy i can do this i can do this i could do this and then we would go fucking do it and then he wouldn't be able to do it and then there was like no apology no 
responsibility, no accountability. I never understood why that was the case, but the older I get, I, I understand a little. But as like a 14, 16 year edge lord, I was like, what the fuck is wrong with you? You said you could do it and look how pathetic you are. You can't fucking swim. We've been teaching you for two hours. Why can't you do it? Anyway, was he afraid to swim? He was like, I'm not scared of the water. When I was a young kid, I could open my eyes and the water was all fine. And then when we tried teaching him, he would put his head in the water and immediately like panic the fuck out and freak out. But he recently had a wedding in Hong Kong and they invited me to go to like the hotel to hang out one day. And we went to the pool upstairs, which was this fucking pool that was shorter than my bathtub. (laughs) Yeah, your Olympic bathtub (laughs) in your fucking giant fancy high rise mansion. Okay, I meant the pool was very tidy. Not that my fucking bathtub was huge. Anyways, he suddenly was like, yeah, I can swim. I was like, how the fuck? What the fuck happened? He's like, my wife taught me. And I was like, congratulations. Great fucking job. And he started swimming. He doesn't know how to take his head out of water. So like he just swims until he can't breathe anymore and then goes. <gasps> oh, he never learned how to do that. Like, I, I mean, I'm not great at it. I can do it, but I'm not great at it. Okay, then you fucking have the issue. Okay, never mind. Sorry, I got frustrated. I'm all mad. He was mad. Instant rage. Instant rage. <laughs> no, what I meant by is like, I've asked you a few times, are you good at swimming? And you've always said yes. And then I say, I don't mean, are you good at swimming in the same way you're good at basketball? And you say, no, I well, am okay. good at swimming. I can swim. I can swim for a long time. I don't swim like with the, what is that called? The crawling stroke or something? Freestyle. No, freestyle is what I would do. You do whatever the fuck you want. No, freestyle is uh, the crawling stroke. No, that doesn't make any sense. It's called the front crawl. The freestyle stroke is often a synonym for what it's actually called, which is the front crawl. In the Olympics, they don't call it front crawl race. No, they call it freestyle swimming is the event. The freestyle stroke is what they call it because it is the fastest way to swim and therefore used most often in freestyle swimming. It's used all the time. No one has ever used another stroke except freestyle in freestyle races. I wouldn't use it. I would I would do the frog swimming. That's the way I like to do it. I like to swim like a frog. Okay, I don't have a preference. All four are fucking easy to me. I just prefer that method. <laughs> I get water up my nose when I do it the other way, but I like okay, to- Okay, that's the I like point. To... If you're like a swimmer, like there's no preferred method unless you're like a racer. That's like saying like I prefer to lay up in basketball. That is like a thing that there are people like- you saying Shaq doesn't prefer dunks? No, but Shaq, Shaq's a competitor. If you're a competitor or you're bad, there's like this middle ground where if you're good at McDonald's, would you have a preference of a burger? Or would you just eat all burgers? That's the dumbest shit you've ever said. No, no. no. You can't be good at McDonald's. I'm good at McDonald's. No, if anyone's good at McDonald's, it's not you because you gorge yourself. Okay, when I go to McDonald's, some days I have a double cheeseburger, sometimes I have a Big Mac, sometimes I have a quarter pounder, sometimes I'll have a fucking filet fish, sometimes I have a sausage and a muffin. I don't have a preference here. That means you're bad at McDonald's. That means you're bad at McDonald's. No, because if you're good at a Big Mac or you like a Big Mac, you'll only eat a Big Mac. Then you're a yeah, Big Mac fan. You're not you've a McDonald's fan. You've gotten better at it. You've specialized. You've figured out what's the best there. If anything, you're a plebeian at McDonald's because you're like, oh, all of this is the same. It's none, none of it's better or worse, which is clearly false. A Big Mac is clearly better than a filet of fish Okay, so you're banned from getting anything else from McDonald's from now on. I'd like to see you try to tell me what to do, Walt. <laughs> you want to know what, what you're bad at? <laughs> Fucking trying to control my life. I'll kick your ass, you little bitch. You little goddamn piece of shit, motherfucker. 
No, look, all I'm saying is that I can swim. Yeah, I'm, but you I'm, always I'm, claim I am, you are good at swimming. You're creating arbitrary... No, well, that's... Okay, well, then you know what? You're not good at walking, Walt. You're not good at walking because you can only walk on two legs instead of two legs, one legs, no legs, and your hands, you dumbass. I have literally in my fucking entire life never claimed I'm good at walking. I won't tell people I'm good at things. Yeah, because you're insane. Like, because you have, because you are demented. I don't think I'm good at. I'm not good at swimming, and I'm not good at basketball. Which is why when you guys told me you guys are good at basketball, I am good at basketball. Question: I am good at basketball. Goodness. I am, in fact, good at basketball. Okay. <laughs> You win, you win. I'll take the L. And I'm good at swimming. I'm bad at it. So just so you know, you're better than me. That's the final conclusion. Even though you keep losing and you're slower and you can't breathe properly on freestyle, you're still better. <laughs> That's what we decided. Oh okay, you're better at it. I just didn't know. I, I'm not going to win any swimming competitions, but I'm at least I'm competent. I'm proficient. Because when I be say good at wrestling, that I, I don't fucking like fight against. I Look, I'm not a contrarian on everything. I just specifically things make me feel like no you're not that good and i don't understand why <laughs> you have to admit you're good at it well, i guess i guess we're, we're talking about what the difference between good and bad is because when i think of like good at swimming i think like oh can swim for a while can like go from one place to another in an okay speed right i'm not great at swimming i'm good at swimming bad at swimming is like i need floaties or i can't tread water no that just means you can't swim that does not mean you're bad at swimming that means you're negated you're out of the conversation <laughs> <laughs> no, bad at swimming is not being able to swim. Just Good like at swimming is being very close to not being able to play basketball technically. <laughs> 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 like yeah you can run on the court but you actually can't play basketball that you're close to that line okay that's fair <laughs> i sacrifice my basketball skills to work out and fucking wrestle and fucking do cool shit that's fine but i don't know why we have to pretend you're good at swimming <laughs> I have to pre- I- <laughs> that's it we're gonna have a swimming race next time you're in roanoke we're gonna see who can swim farther not who can swim faster who can swim farther all right shall i do four strokes to balance it out I'm gonna fight you. I'm gonna, <laughs> that's you know I don't know why I have to get an ego about this because I know I can kick your ass. Like that's really all that matters. I agree with you. I'm on the same page. Why are you getting it's an ego? It's my fragile about this? male ego. Walt. <laughs> it's my fragile, masculine, masculine male ego. Yeah, and it's really funny because you're like, oh yeah, I can kick her ass, Walter. Now fight me, and I'm like, no, I'm gonna lose. I fucking admit that. <laughs> and you're like expecting me to be like, oh, you hurt my swimming. I'm gonna fucking fight you too that just doesn't have the same effect on me i don't give a shit i know i just want to f- i just want to fight every day i just want to fight people with my muscles and my fists every day that is what a lot of fighters get in trouble with though it's because they want to win at everything and they think if they beat you at a fight that means they understand the rain better than you it's like what the fuck you just beat me up but that doesn't mean you can like now claim i do you're the know rain about God. the rain better than you do Walt. that is okay cool. that is fair but I just didn't want to bring up the swimming thing again because I know that ah! we'll continue on about swimming. <laughs> oh my god. You know who's good at swimming though? Is that girl. Yeah. Kaya. She's so good at swimming that like a whale can fucking take her around and she doesn't fucking die. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the end of this movie is wild. The end of this movie is somehow Paya. What, what is her name? It's not. It's Paya, right? Pia? I don't know. Pia? I'm the most racist one here, so I prefer to keep silent fucking it's like oh, you, you want to fight about that you want to be like hey walter i could beat you i'm actually more racist than you fuck you no i don't 
don't want to. I do not want to have an argument about who's more racist. I don't think that's that doesn't good for touch a your masculine eagle. <laughs> no, it doesn't. It doesn't. So somehow it's like a little maybe quasi magical because the little girl's doing this like chant to like call on the wisdom of the ancestors. I guess as at the same time that the old man is doing it, uh, her like mean granddad who's like you can't be the village champion, and it summons all these whales. And they just get, like, beached. They just get, like, trapped there. And everyone's, like, freaking out. And the granddad is like, this is your fault somehow. And the little girl's like, man, this sucks. That's also the scene where the tractors are And they're, like, involved. trying to push the whales back in the water. And they're doing a really bad job. And the well, tide comes in. she thinks it's in. her fault, too. So, I, I, yeah, I guess. No, she, because she also does the call. And then she believes that she called the ancestors to come on the beach. She knows she fucked up. That's why she knew she had to fix the problem. Yes. And so that's what she does. She climbs on one of these whales as the tide is coming in and somehow that just lets the whale get back in the water and then she's like just in the water and somehow they, they get her out and the granddad is like doing more chanting and praying and has realized both that his granddaughter kicks so much ass because he got the ancestor whales back in the ocean and also that he's a dickhead and he's been so small he calls himself like a small sparrow or something and then she like opens her eyes and it's like oh man she's back and it, it ends it ends happily with her taking on a more important role as someone who's gonna like carry on the tradition in the lineage despite the fact that she is a um a lady type to bring this point up a few times before on the podcast but i wonder if because the movies i bring it up with are too fucking pretentious maybe it gets lost in the sauce so this movie is way more narrative style not experimental in a typical sort of yeah, my it's, way. Here, it's here to tell a story more or less i was thinking about this though because the mari civilization seems to be really proud of their haka dance the thing about this haka dance is that I first heard about it from New Zealander sport teams. I think that's actually pretty common. I think a lot of people yeah. hear about it from New Zealand sport teams. And a big example, there's a very famous clip you can go online to watch these NBA Olympic basketball players from the USA watching a New Zealand basketball team practice or dance haka and being like kind of freaked out. Which was the purpose of the haka in a lot of ways was to like psych yourself up for battle and make the enemies uncomfortable. It's not not unlike a lot of military chants, actually. I don't know a single military chant, dude. You know, it was like, I don't know what I've been told. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, okay. The China national anthem is kind of a fucking military chant. <laughs> <laughs> the Chinese... Like, our the national, Chinese anthem national anthem fucking sucks. It's just like, get up, get up, let's fucking fight a war. I mean, it's like, fucking, what the hell is the point of this? Ours is pretty lame, too. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's people early light? love your fucking national anthem. No, that's because people are fucking losers. Canada's got a good one. What is it? Oh, Oh, Canada. Da, na, 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 na. It's just, it's good. I just like that when they say, oh, Canada. I just think that's very funny. Oh, Canada. Like, I would love it if our, if our national anthem was like, oh, America, you are so, like, lauding America, not just being about how sweet the flag is. Like, fuck the flag. Oh, I understand that. I mean, there's a lot of uh, complaints about the lyrics, but I've heard a lot of people commend the musical arrangements of the That's American, just what people uh, like when people like Mar- Mariah Carey are like, and the land, the free, you know, like People that. like Mariah Carey, what the fuck, man? You're saying people shouldn't? No, I'm saying that's why they <laughs> like it. They like it because 
Mariah Carey is singing it and not actually the national anthem part. When she does the Christmas song, should we make a Christmas album for the podcast? Should you and me make a Christmas album? I have no interest in creating music. Yeah, we could sing. We could sing a Christmas songs. Ugh. <laughs> you come on. Give me some Christmas juice. It's coming. Christmas is fine. I miss the snow. I'm going to mail you Christmas gifts all the way to Hong Kong. I, You know what? I fucking hate Western holidays. I've decided. Only Chinese holidays matter on this podcast from now on. We don't <laughs> celebrate any Western holidays anymore. We only celebrate But I Chinese love holidays. Christmas. I love it. It's my favorite holiday. Yeah, it's so fucking great. You took a fucking pagan holiday and forced pagans to fucking worship God. Congratulations. Imperialism. Right fucking there. Even imperialism to your own fucking people. White to white. I just want to say right now, I feel like Jesus is going to be pretty mad at the stuff you're saying. And he is not someone you want to cross because he's your only way to get into heaven. Jesus is also my only way to do a bukake. Don't. Don't say, <laughs> don't say that again. A reference to an older episode. What about if instead of Santa for Christmas, I don't want to talk about Christmas, motherfucker. What does this have to do with Christmas? Christmas is. I'm just excited. Boring. It's coming. We're gonna I do so many good Christmas talking time. about Christmas. Oh, I love God. it. Oh, oh, give me, give me a present. This kiss under the tree. I hope fucking Christmas becomes fucking Black Friday cursed. That way, it becomes a fucking gross capitalist holiday, and everyone can hate. Christmas. You hurt me me so. Why do you hurt me so? I love Christmas. You should come to Roanoke for Christmas. Are you finished talking about Hakka? Uh, Yeah, I I, I am. And Christmas. I'm done. done. I'm done talking about Christmas. I was confused because in these sport teams, there's a lot of white New Zealanders. And I'm like... If I go by the rules of American racism, that doesn't seem very fucking right. So I did some Googling and there was some history from like my limited Googling. It seems like there was this rugby team from really early 90s called the All Blacks that used Hakka. They weren't black. They were pretty fucking white. And that just created a tradition in New Zealand. People are down with it as being a New Zealand tradition or New Zealand sports culture thing. But there are events that have caused protest and people have said that some of these haka dancers are racist, even in New Zealand. Basically, all I'm saying is that it's not a simple fucking solution or easy answer that I can find immediately on Google and then understand what the fuck is going on. I tried to do some more research, but I read this comment that said something like no it's not cultural appropriation what is cultural appropriation is these motherfucking chinese people coming over and taking our artifacts and making fake copies and selling them for 10 cents and i'm like okay i don't want to read about how imperialistic the chinese are anymore so i stop <laughs> so i stop yeah fuck you <laughs> fuck you christmas kicks ass you're imperializing the new zealanders you shitbag you know what's great kissing under the mistletoe i'm gonna know i'm gonna do a nose kiss under the mistletoe with all the new zealanders this might be a spicy statement because it could also not be true. But I have heard that the bigotry in New Zealand is not as severe as it is in places like Australia. That the relationship with the indigenous folks over there is not nearly as caustic. I, I mean, it's by no means perfect. Apparently, there are better laws in place. I think which makes maybe sense because of its size. I feel like people have to get along in smaller spaces. That's why everyone sucks in Texas because it's huge. California, baby. California. California. Okay. <laughs> this is this is a demented episode. <laughs> so I really just bring this up because I'm proposing a question, but I'm not searching for an answer. And this Hakka dance, I think it shows the question is too complicated to really have one. 
I wonder if it's the same question I have. So in Will Rider, it's a pretty bottom line question that how much pride can you have in your own culture and when is it too much in the face of modernity? Yep. When does globalism and modern global values intersect with traditional cultural values? And for me, I just think this question is too complicated. I, and I don't <laughs> think Such there's a Such reason. Such a fucking cop out. It's not a cop out, <laughs> dude. I get annoyed that you think it's a cop out because I think if you get into dangerous comments because sometimes you come into a mentality that you think there's a correct side that's true i do i do sometimes i like, do last sometimes week, come with here's it. an example just a quick example it's not like a call out or anything oh getting called out right you, now social justice walter you are explaining that if you are being racist in japan that's kind of fucky because we live in a globalized world i agree with the conclusion i think the reason and cause we live in a globalized world so stop being racist is the iffy part of that statement because i'm not even convinced that globalization has any positives i might agree with you sort of yeah so i'm not saying that i am saying that i'm just saying it's complicated and i have no desire to answer that fucking question with like a simple yes or no or like to talk it out don't you think a pretty simple answer of like hey we all have access to the internet now you know when people act like dicks and then someone is like hey that's racist that hurts that sucks i don't like that you did that you don't get to have the excuse of like, oh, well, I didn't know, right? Like, it's fucking... We all have access to this information. Okay, so this film's bottom line is that, yes, there is a line you cross where your traditions are too much and then it stops women from becoming the chief. In the rules of this movie, that line is so fucking clear. In reality, it is never that clear. Nothing is ever that clear. That's, I mean, Especially that's when it comes to these cultures. And the more clear you pretend the line is the more it pushes other people who don't think the line is clear into more of the opposite side. I agree with you to a point, but I, I also think, and this doesn't come from me, this comes from Celine, who's been on the podcast before, as you all know. We were talking about negative practices done to certain people, usually gender-based in other cultures, and like where the line between cultural relativism and stopping harm begins and ends. And her statement was, just, which is like, this is like totally academic sitting around in a circle, because if you go to these places, there are people there, usually the people being harmed who are like, no, this sucks. I would like this to stop. I am part of this culture and I would like this to stop. So I think sometimes you and I can both get into a little academic vacuum where I say things because I'm like, I know the answer. And you say things because like, life is too complicated. How can we know the answer? But the real answer is like, if you spend time within these spaces, the answer will probably become clear by the people who are living there. We're talking about a fucking movie, right? Yes, that's true. Then are we not talking academically? But I was talking about Japan and being racist against black people. That was what I was talking about. Okay, fair. Celine is correct. Practically, you do what fucking people around you ask you to do, or you choose to either care about that or not care about it. If you don't care about it, a lot of people consider you a shitty person, but you can get away with life when not caring about it. It's like pretty fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People can do that. People can do that. Yeah. I do yeah, that sometimes. So like, sometimes I'm like, I don't yeah. care about this thing. Okay, so to this Japan thing, I said I believe your conclusion is right. I said the way you get to your conclusion is debatable. I agree. Don't be racist. I'm not saying that's wrong. Tell people not to be racist. But I don't think you can tell people not to be racist because we live in a globalized society. Because then you add some type of context and that context is like different... That context means different things and holds different baggages. Why this is relevant to Whale Rider, right? The answer is a woman can be a chief. 
That's great. That's fucking perfect. And you can use that as an answer and tell people that. But the reason this answer works in this movie, because this film sets this answer up in a very specific way. So this this actually gets into what I wanted to talk about, which is that I think the main character, Pi, she's not actually the main character. And, and one of the things that I think is really interesting is she's pretty static. She doesn't change. It's the grandfather that changes. So I think the question that this movie asked is, when can cultural values be changed or switched as time progresses forward? And the answer presented is when people prove that they can evolve the culture themselves. This isn't the school teacher coming in from America who's, you backwards people don't know about feminism. What's wrong with you? A girl can be a leader. This is like, no, this little girl has proved that she is someone who is capable of being the leader. She is the example with which others will follow, proving that culture is capable of evolving, and that all people have to do is see her. So I think, if anything, this movie is answering that question in a way that reflects this idea of that one of the negative things we can do as people is go into other cultures and try and, in air quotes, fix the problems we see, that we need to let people fix it themselves, and if they need help, offer it. I'm just not interested entirely. Of course, this is like academic. Now that you brought in practicality into now the podcast, I've, it's like, now, what the fuck is the point of I've, talking yeah, now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to be very careful with how I put it because this makes me sound like I think the answer is bad. No, but I think the difference between some of these art house movies that I bring to the podcast that also deal with this question, but in a different way, for me, that question is almost more interesting. The difference. Last week for the opener, we talked so little about the guns. I brought Trasos Montes to this podcast. Both these movies use documentary styles in their filmmaking to their intention is not to show a voice i know like as a bias of a director you always are showing a voice no matter what but their desire in creativity is to at least try to attempt to pretend to portray something without a voice while this film is more like i have an understanding of their voice let me say something about it i'm not interested in grading successes of these two types of ways to deal with this question i just think it's more interesting to celebrate the differences and like be happy that people are doing different things to try to answer a complex question because both sides fail in my opinion but i'm fine with that i think both are great i think it's great to have like alternative failing voices in this specific conversation so and to answer celine there are people especially when it comes to oppressive identities that really are screaming for help but even if you save all of them that doesn't fucking answer the question about whether or not this arbitrary line exists or that, this I mean, line that's should've. that's very true i mean well i don't know if it's true but you are right if the question is a boat and the boat needs to get from point a to point b and there are holes in the boat you fix the boat it's going to get from point a to point b but the boat getting from point a to point b never answers the question why does the boat matter yeah can we still like do the practical shit save people that we need to save be kind to people not be a dick but not also define really what a dick is or is that just way too hard for humanity because i think i, I having think that's a too hard for humanity but if you're trying to create things or you're an artist you're usually working in this space every artist thinks they're like the best person in the world that's why they create which is why i'm not very interested in creating but if i am receiving so many different ideas of what is the best way isn't that more interesting than pretending one of them is like the best i agree with you i like open-ended questions that have multiple answers i'm just saying that when you add quality of life into the mix it's hard not to want there to be answers where quality so, of life so let the quality of life people fucking like their answer is to act
act and do shit. Let them go to Peace Corps. And then finally, when they feel guilty about it, you can be like, okay, you feel a little guilty about it. It doesn't matter because you still did well. Clap on the back, smack on the, uh, uh, smack on the, I don't know what Jesus we do in Christ. Peace Corps, dude. <laughs> Suck each other's dicks. Suck each other's dicks, exactly. But then maybe you want to talk about it a little more, and then you can introduce, oh, watch Well Rider and Trassos Montes. And for me, I like Well Rider's delivery of the question. I think it's a little clean. Yes, it is. It is. It, it, there's no quibbling about it. This movie has Yeah, an and I think Koro is the reason why he's such a good main character is because his revelation, his journey, even though everyone in the village disagrees with him, which is awesome. Yeah, literally. He's the only one who's acting like a dick. <laughs> it's crazy. Everyone's like, clearly this little girl should be in charge eventually. And he's like, no, no way. Not allowed. Zero. Zilch. But he's the village leader. He's That's why they have to listen to him. And, and that's just not realistic. To talk about culture clashing with modernity, it's never going to be so black and white. There's never going to be a fucking situation where there's only one person you have to change their mind and everything is fine. Like, okay, Will Ryder, your answer. It's a good fucking answer. There's context to that answer. That answer only works in this movie because this movie sets up such a such a uniquely specific situation for this answer to work. Taika is a good example of that too. She doesn't even need to try to convince anyone. Yeah. She's just naturally the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's just yeah. great. So, as I said, I'm trying to be careful with my words. I'm not shitting on it, but I think it's a it's a clean, one-statement thing that when you watch, it makes you go, wow, that was an interesting question and answer. Well, it's a little bit of a fantasy, isn't it? This is not how those, this question gets answered. This question is way messier. And that's why, like, a movie like Tras Osmontes, I'm sorry, I'm not trying to celebrate this movie more. But talking about these kind of films does make me excited because I think the film does something a little rarer and not as common. Why? Because films like Trazos Montes are more happy to accept their failure. I feel like they accept that the question is way too hard to answer. When I'm watching the film, I get to actively see the film fail on the mission of answering that question. And I like that. That's there's like films out there where the failure is obvious and I I'm like not, those I'm not sure movies. I understand what you mean by the failure. So, I am not saying that the question is too complex therefore no one should answer it. I am saying the question is too complex so everyone who tries to answer it will always fail. So what you're saying is that you like movies that try to answer this question, where is the line between cultural evolution and erasure of culture in in the wake of modernity? Uh you like it when this question is unable to be answered, which in your mind is a failure. Is it that it is unable to be answered or that it is answered incorrectly? Both of them are kind of murky. Honestly, both of them are interesting. So what is an incorrect answer to that question? That's what I don't understand. Will Ryder's answer is a failure because the answer it provides exists only as an answer to this clear, perfect fantasy world that the movie sets up. It's not a real answer to the actual question that is way more messy. So a film like Tressos Montes, on the other hand, tries to tackle this problem by not attempting to overwrite the answer with a voice at all. So it's just trying to pretend to have a documentary without a narrator, without an opinion. That's a failure, too. Because trying not to provide a voice in itself is a voice. I also would say, like, when your answer is that fucking murky, is there an answer even provided? And I think then... Like, the goal of providing an answer is kind of failed. So let's say this movie right now was like, 
in the end, the fucking Paya, she becomes a drug abuse lord and then dies. And it's like, that's the end of the movie. It's like, wait, what the fuck? You just fucking answered your question and then killed off your main character. Look, I'm not saying it's more interesting. I'm saying it's a little more uncommon. People are more scared to work in creativity when they believe their creativity is going to fail to answer, answer the, question the question correctly. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm not here to be like, Trussell Montes, better. I'm just saying it's more rare and therefore I get more excited when I find films like this. When a movie like this is more clean, it's not bad or it's not wrong. It fails the same way all these other movies fail. It just hides its failure a little differently. But I don't think the director, I don't think the director would think it's failing. And I, I think there are a lot of people who would watch that movie and be like, that's not a failure. I think you think the answer is a failure, but I, I think that is your conclusion you're drawing. I think you're judging the answer. Okay, that's fair. I am judging the answer a little, but at the same time, the movie is so clean. You have to be really naive to think villages are like one fucking horror <laughs> guy who's like, everyone thinks it sucks and now I fucking influenced by my little girl and everything's perfect. That is so far away from reality. That's true. I mean, she did save a she did save a whale. Like That's she true. is magic. That's true. She did save a whale. No one else could do it, and she fucking magically saved. A she whale. she so, did like, cry in her performance. Oh my god, that felt so good. <laughs> I liked how many people cried in this movie. It felt very honest to me. If I like the dad, not the granddad, but the dad is just like openly crying at one point while he's talking to his daughter about her dead twin. And I was like, damn, that's awesome. I don't know if that's authentic. I, I should clarify here. I like these type of melodrama things, and I like this perfect ending. It's just not authentic. If we could find a line, an arbitrary line that was like, yeah, if we keep all traditions and allow women to participate, everything is perfect. I think if that was a real answer, I'd be fucking on board. I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's go ahead. Let's do it. It's just not true, though. I mean, <laughs> so are you going to say that when we have our first female president? Well, <laughs> no. Okay, I back off. You're right. When you have your first female president, America's going to be solved. When we have our first gay asian female president yeah exactly wow i love i love easy answers as much sometimes as it's nice to have an easy answer sometimes it's nice to have an no, easy but answer the not everything is, it's has always the easy answer whenever i bring this point up people are like oh my god why are you always challenging dude i don't fucking challenge shit this is my one opportunity that i get i bring up one fucking film and everyone freaks the fuck out you guys have all these movies you guys are enjoying all these movies with fucking normie ass simple ass fucking answers and you're fine and you fucking listen to one person challenge just one thing and suddenly everything is over like what the fuck is that <laughs> like that yeah, is my no. frustration when it comes to that shit people always are like why are you being contrarian why are you being edgy why are you no I'm bringing it up one fucking time one fucking time motherfucker well, it's because okay but it's because okay here's why I get what you're saying I agree with you trust me I'm a contrarian all the time sometimes you have to read the room when you're like sitting in Bilbo's basement and you guys are like passed around a joint and it's like Susan's favorite film is the whale rider and you finish it and she's like yeah I love this movie it's just such a happy ending and then you come in with like yeah well I mean it's not really a very accurate answer you know the line of like <laughs> you know actual cultural values uh, intersecting with like globalist issues you know it's kind of like a bullshit answer and you're just a naive cunt you can't do that <laughs> Susan's so upset we all have a nice buzz going on from a joint that Mario brought like fucking don't do this I do not do that you don't you do I imagine you probably did it when you were in high school I usually just shut the fuck up and I go yeah. huh and I like move 
move on and like pretend this isn't dumb. So. Wait, okay, but see, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Well, they're not dumb. They just want to be happy. They just want an easy answer. If your happiness is being ruined because people think your answer is too easy and you don't want to fucking listen, so you force it on everyone's throat, you might actually fucking just be dumb. Like, justifiably dumb. I'm a judgmental fucking person, so... That, I know, that, I, I do a podcast with you. I know, you're very fucking but judgmental. Like, everyone else is also being judgmental when they are getting pissed off about the fact that there are many different answers to the question and refuse to listen. Also, also, these fucking Susans are fucking hypocrites, man. People did that to me about Zootopia, and it's not fair people could do it to me. That's true. I can't do That's it true. to them. It's fucking horseshit. It's so fucking horseshit that we can't do it for Zootopia. Everyone wants to fucking make it, make it social justice. Why can't we just be happy? Judy Hops is nice and thick, thicker than a bowl of Snickers. Heck yeah, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. And when look, if someone challenged Zootopia in like this like fucking boring ass way, I would have been like, eh, whatever, fuck you. In retrospect, I should have realized even while watching the movie, but I thought it was such a challenging the norm kind of idea i'm not sure we've ever talked about what the challenge is with zootopia okay zootopia is set up as a disney movie about racism what you have here is a fox and a bunny who teams up a mastermind wants to put all the predators in jail yeah they're carnivores what ends up happening is all the predators end up going to jail and judy hops is like fuck what am i supposed to do my partner's going to jail and i know not all predators are bad but i'm also a little scared of predators because they do eat some people and finally she like fucking uncovers everything and then saves Zootopia by releasing all the Predators and all the Predators like high five Judy Hops you fucking won us you did it the problem with this is that it is a very normal narrative like the blind side oh okay yeah it's the white savior thing so from my experience people get debated into thinking Zootopia is an anti-racist movie when the fucking film is actually pretty racist itself I missed it out when I first watched it, and I felt embarrassed when I was called out for it. And it was like a fucking fair fucking call out. Did we both watch it together in, uh, <laughs> you're gonna have to bleep out some names, but, uh, was it Donut Room? And we were both, we were both pissed drunk. Well, I watched it before you. I watched it in the theaters. With Donut! Oh, that, there's a name I, f- I fucking hadn't thought about. That was the night I got bought for a date. They were like, hey, wanna go out on a date? And I was like, fuck yeah. And then we watched Utopia together, and they came over and showed me a condom, and I kind of just didn't react. <laughs> oh, this was, yeah, cause- that's weird. I don't think that that much weirder than everyone in Goucher. I was also drunk and alcoholic, dude. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah. You were too drunk to like be successful in any interaction like that. Yeah, because she came over to the room and then Donut! like, should I leave? And I was like, no, you can stay here. And then I never hit up her again because I got mad at her for like talking about psychology too much. <laughs> if someone I wanted to like fuck per se loved Will Rider and I found out is because they thought Will Rider was the perfect answer, that would ruin my uh, limbo. Is that the word? Your libido. I get that. I, I have similar things. Even was fucking Anna Karina. If Anna Karina told me she voted for Hillary Clinton, I might have to drop her off my fucking favorite. That's a little blasphemous. I'm not 100% sure I can make that statement, but <laughs> I'm putting it out there just in case it's true. Yeah, I definitely want America to have its fucking first female prison for how much I love Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. What a, what a bad show we do. What a bad, insane show. Filled with like, like both of us have horrible opinions too. Like I gave, I gave my, a bookmark to this person who came into the bookstore and they're like doing all this super cool shit in area around here to try and like make the world a better place. It's like all very cool social justice stuff. And then we do a podcast where you're like, yeah, well like, you know, Trace Osmontes is better because we can never actually get along and I'm like, yeah, I mean, just like, what's wrong with us? What's wrong with us? No, 
I just want someone to give me a fucking answer before I'll be convinced. If you give me a fucking answer, I'll be fucking convinced. God damn it. The answer is that I know, I swayed best, know what's best for people. <laughs> they should listen to me. All right, all right. It's a good answer. Good answer. Hashtag Yopo. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag, hashtag water. water. <laughs> things that i i I realized this this movie is a comfortable movie it's got a really heavy slice of life vibe it's because of a very specific way that paya functions there's a comic walter and i have both read if you haven't read it yet it's yotsubato it's totally worth reading it's a wonderful slice of life manga just about a little girl and her dad she's just like a weird little kid who manages to find joy in like everyday life don't forget the most important part what's the most important mascot of fortune (laughs) that's true for some reason yotsuba yotsuba is the mascot of fortune it's very weird but so Yotsuba as a character is pretty static, just like Paya. She doesn't change all that much. And instead, the world changes around her. And it's not that she doesn't change at all, right? Paya grows a little bit and stuff like that. But the question of her existence is not one that is like a narrative arc. It's just like, oh, Paya should be in charge. When is her granddad got to figure it out? In the same way that Yotsuba's day-to-day changes and she does different things and learns new things and there are new jokes. But like the narrative arc that exists in both Yotsuba and Whale Rider is not one where the end will lead to her discovering something new about herself. Dude, it's almost like constant change is too constant and makes change boring. Yes, it's change without direction because the change that happens in Paya's life, like if her granddad never stopped being a dick, this would just be a slice of life about a little girl whose granddad is kind of an asshole because it's just different days, what's happening in different days, different things happen. Yeah, I think a good example of what you're talking about is that scene where Paika asks a question to her grandfather and her grandfather talks about uh, a rope or something as a metaphor. Pika's like, wow, yeah, I'm learning a lot. So in a lot of ways, Pika is constantly changing because she's constantly learning. She and Yotsuba have that curiosity that allows the world to morph them. Or it, because I'm not even entirely sure if the world is actually changing. It's more that their perception of the world is changing all the time. And since we are looking at it from their POV, it feels like the world is constantly changing. And that change, that's like a change that we all live through. That's why it's called slice of life. Sometimes we as individuals will like see our lives on a narrative arc. But I think if people step back, most people would acknowledge, especially when there's not anything crazy going on. It's just like, yeah, it's just a different day. It's just like new stuff happened. It's no, it's no different from the last day. You know? But that constant, I'm very open and curious and learning is not interesting as a narrative no it's not or it's not that it's not interesting it's that it doesn't have direction it is inherently directionless yeah because i find it interesting when i read those stories i'm just i agree i agree i love those kind of stories but they are stories without direction because a traditional plot arc there is an action that facilitates an event that is going to lead to a change and that change will in some way shape or form not only affect the main character but affect the characters around them This movie, if you took out the drama element, if you took out the element of like, when is the granddad going to stop being such an asshole, there would be no plot arc. And there isn't really a plot arc until the whales show up. It's weird. The event that turns everything on its head is this whales. Up until then, it's kind of much more slice of lifey. I find slice of life like very 
comfortable. I love Hellraiser. I don't think it's a comfy movie, though. It's a movie that, like, I enjoy watching, but I don't think it's comfortable in the same way, like fucking Slice of Life manga and specifically. Slice of Life manga is so comfortable to me, or Slice of Life cartoons. My favorite sitcoms, my favorite episodes of sitcoms are the more Slice of Life ones than the less, like, oh no, she's pregnant, and we're not gonna make it to the fair in time. Like, fuck that. Like, so the early office that's, like, less narrative and more just, like, look at what it's like in the office. Like, that's, you know, I, I it's comfortable. Ah, like the British office not the american one yeah like the british office it's like candy if you want to try all the different candies there are go ahead i don't think you need to try the office in the same way you should probably watch like oz (laughs) have you seen oz what is oz i don't know it's some 90s super clean fucking dumb tv show i've never seen it <laughs> are you talking about the OC? No, not the OC. Are you talking about the OC? What do you think is the most pretentious TV show? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. I think it's Oz. I've never seen. I don't know what this is. <laughs> it's recommended by all the pretentious TV watchers. <laughs> I was gonna say like some fancy PBS, like oh Downton Abbey-ish type thing, only way fancier than that. Downton Abbey. I feel like that's pretty mainstream. But something fancier, I said. The crowd? Something fancier. No, not the crowd. Probably, oh, you know what's probably super pretentious? All those history movies. What is that guy called? Oh my god. His movies are just him talking and like photos flying across the screen. Um, Horrible history. No. Uh, what's his name? David Attenborough? No, but he's like David Attenborough only does history. LeBron James. It's LeBron James. <laughs> it's LeBron James. It's Kanye West. Yo, Kanye! Okay, so I understand you're like viewing it from a writing perspective but i'm not a writer so i'm curious if you think people like this type of directional stuff because i don't think they do i think some of its length i don't think you can sustain an enjoyable slice of life film in the same way you can a tv show the problem with that is that people have to go and sit through a whole movie if you were more than willing to not finish movies and just come back to them that wouldn't be such a big problem okay but very few people watch mo- that what okay <laughs> man this is a take that i have movies are just designed to be consumed in one d- event I, that's like how they I work i think that is an outdated idea okay but people keep making movies that feel like that oh because there's no like end climax by every single 15 minutes you're saying when is the last time you saw a movie that is designed to be broken up into s- specific viewings you say that but tv shows are technically writing style wise they're designed to make you binge the next one not all tv shows and in fact that's i don't think the x-files is a good tv show to binge and it is because the episodes that deal with the meta plot the overall plot of the tv series after you watch one episode so much of what happens in the next episode is them talking about what happened in the last episode because when you originally watched the x-files it was done weekly and you needed that refresher you needed that bit where it's like oh and now i'm reminding you what happened in the last episode because it'd been a fucking week you could watch armor core in three parts because it's designed and broken down in three parts but i think this would probably Probably be a pretty weird movie to watch in parts. I watched this movie in parts, just so you know. Oh, really? I watched it in one go. I'm just a chat of watching movies in parts. <laughs> you just don't care about plot. You just don't care about plot. <laughs> like, I need a refresher every single time I start a film. A movie should just have a synopsis, so every single time you start a movie, you can just watch that very quickly. No, no. <laughs> what I'm saying is, okay, as someone who creates things, I put pauses and breaks in places on purpose. I am, like, doing something on purpose to try and affect my reader. If you were gonna stop in the middle of what I was writing and just be like, I'm done at this word, that's fine. You can do whatever you want. You're reading it. But it's not going to have the same effect 
that I have designed it to have when you come to end at a place I have ended it. And there are authors who are very good, I like to think I'm one of them, that like are so engaging that they are designed to make you get to that end point. So my argument to this thing specifically is less about whether or not the creator should stop making movies as one watch or one go. Because as you just said, books are well designed for chapters to be able to stop at one specific place. But there are so many fucking people who don't. I just want audiences to be more willing to do it the same attitude they have with a book to films. Well, I think there was a sort of a little bit of a push for that when DVDs hit the scene because you could go from chapter to chapter in a DVD. Now with streaming, you can just like fast forward so easily. But back in the back in the old days, the DVD days, you could like go from chapter to chapter. And I remember watching movies and being like, okay, well, I'll pick it up next at this next chapter. Do you know how to fast forward in reading books? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I don't I don't really get how to do it. I know I've heard people like skim read. For me, it's very hard for me to do that. Yeah, that's what you do. I bought this romance novel that I thought was going to be a funny gift. And it was a funny gift, but it was also pornography, not a romance novel. And so it felt a little weird to give, give as a gift. But when I read it, I was like, okay, here's the boring parts. Let's get back to the dragons fucking. I kind of sped read through it. I, I know what's going on here. I don't need to read it to know what's going on. They're like dropping more lore that's like bullshit that I don't care about. Wow, that broke me. That's how you skimmed me. <laughs> that broke you? Why did that break you? Because if I like accidentally, my brain faded and I missed like three words, I'd have to read those three words again. <laughs> <laughs> Am I crazy? <laughs> no, you're not crazy. You're a completionist. Okay, so let me get back. I admit I lose. A lot of people make movies for people to watch in one go. Slice of Life is harder to pull off because of that. If you don't do it right, people get bored, right? So for instance, I felt that way about... Pierre Lafoe, it's kind of got slice of life vibes because it doesn't have a traditional narrative. I was bored though, but you know what's never made me bored? Yotsuba. Fucking Yotsuba. Well, I think there are better examples of this The Runner, that Iranian film that I brought about this boy, a lot of his normal daily life becoming parts of running. And I can see why someone would find that film boring. But for me, there's enough beats if you're talking about creative writing aspect. Even though they're not pauses, there's like a rhythm. In Pierre Lafoe, the slice of life chest kind of blends in and someone talks in the middle and you're like, what the fuck? In Well Rider, you get the slice of life elements come in sort of segments. I think that's why Will Rider is actually kind of easy to watch with breaks in between. So you have the school play, and then you have Haka with sticking out your tongue and rolling your eyes out. And then you have a dance with face paint, with chanting. This is their experience of life. Boom. This is their experience of life. Boom. This is their experience of life. So you have that sort of cut, cut, cut in a less intense way from Yotsuba. We got our pizza! God, I love the chapter where they order pizza. It's so good. Guys, read Yotsubato. Fucking, I don't even care if you listen to the podcast. Read Yotsubato. It's so fucking good. I don't know why I always get blamed for pushing our listeners away. Have you considered these, like, statements about loving (laughs) Garo-chan and fucking Yotsuba or what actually makes people be like, he doesn't even want me to listen. No, no. You You know what it is? You know who I am? I am the honest failure of making our podcast listenable to listeners, but I'm open about it i'm a true failure you are also a failure but you hide it you <laughs> pretend you love them that's true i too because i'm so good at swimming because i'm so good at swimming <laughs> You 
you said you think whales are weird. Yeah, dude, fucking whales are weird. It's just weird to me that they have barnacles on them. How many, like, fucking animals do you see that just have rocks growing on them? Like, what the fuck? Isn't that specifically that whale? I think it's most whales. Killer whales don't have barnacles growing on them. I don't know. I don't like looking at whales. Really? Whales are actually one of my favorite animals, which is why I have that killer whale toy. Killer whales, I don't mind. I look at a killer whale or a dolphin and I'm like, that makes sense to me as an animal. But those big blue whales, those fuck me up, man. Those fucking things are just, like, so fucking weird. I don't like them. But they're so kind, aren't they? I mean, I don't know. That's a crazy thing for you to say. That's a very non-Walter statement. The reason why I've always thought whales were pretty cool was because whales are so big, but they're so gentle. That's, like, how I grew up thinking of them, which made me feel more faith in the world. Because, like, the shark is bigger than me, but it's going to eat me. But you know what? You have the big whale next to you that's even that's, bigger that will protect you. That's so beautiful. I love that for you, Walter. That's what I always thought whales were like. Okay, then I'm not going to talk smack about whales in this episode because <laughs> I really want to, you to keep that there. Do you know about the loneliest whale in existence? I think it's called the 52 Hertz whale. It's a whale that there's something wrong with its voice and no other whales will hang out with it because its voice is so low they can't hear it and so it's just this sad lonely whale that's always crying out for other whales to come hang out and none ever do where is this fucking whale uh just in the middle of the ocean yeah just in the ocean (laughs) do wow it's only ever been recorded too no one's ever seen it really (laughs) yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the world's lowest whale reflects humanity's biggest fear what is humanity's biggest fear i mean isolation and loneliness probably what they're talking about see this is why i think people who are scared of things are stupid (laughs) what the fuck are you talking about reflects your biggest fear man up all right all right sorry 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 too much judgment is just over caving a little i apologize this is like all well and good but you are afraid of bugs like you could pretend like you're you're not afraid of bugs, but you are afraid of yeah, bugs. Yeah, but I man the fuck up. I kill so much more cockroaches than all of you fuckers. That's true. You do man up. What about when you get drunk and then don't get out of bed and cry? Is that also manning up? No, that's just... I'm not... That's... <laughs> That's like that's like you and your issue with people who are depressed. You think depressed people should man up. You think people who that's uh, true. have mental illnesses should man up. <laughs> Phobias are kind of a mental illness, I think. My phobias are, at least. They're men. Men up, guys! You gotta grab that fucking grab your nutsack. 2022, man up, hashtag water. Hashtag water. (laughs) Do that as our tweet right now. (laughs) 2022, man up, hashtag water. Okay, one second. One second. I'm going to Twitter. I'm going to Twitter. I'm going to Twitter. What did you want it to be? What did you want it to be? 2022. 2022. Man up. Man up. Hashtag water. Hashtag. Water. <laughs> when you hear this, just scroll back down and you'll see the tweet. <laughs> Give us a like, motherfuckers. Give us a like. We're at the end of the podcast now. I want to talk about 2023. I want to get it going. 2023 is the year. Nothing is cringe anymore. I don't know what cringe is, to be honest. Like, I understand when people say it, but I don't feel it. Like, people go, oh, I'm cringing. And I'm like, what? What are you feeling here? I, I actually don't well, It's know like when that. you're embarrassed, it's cringe. When something is cringe, it's embarrassing. Yeah, but you're like embarrassed for someone else. Yeah. Yeah, I've never felt that. Well, Walter, that is because not <laughs> unlike Goku, you are from another planet. 
And if it weren't for like something that happened, like if you weren't dropped on your head as a baby, you'd be an ultra powerful evil alien warlord. But thankfully, you can't activate your Saiyan powers because you got dropped on the head as a child. You fuck. Like, wait a second, like we need to send you to empathy school. I literally know sociopaths with more empathy than you. I like literally know one. And he's got way more empathy than you. So he knows how to cringe. Yes. No, but you know sociopaths, like, okay, not unlike autism. A lot of times, sociopaths have to learn how to be more normal, right? That's like what they're taught. Even though there really is no such thing as what a normal human is. Yeah, they, they learn to assimilate to neurotypical behavior. Yeah, so I might just be at the limit of non-sociopathy, so I never had to learn. Oh, I see what you're saying. You never got a label. <laughs> you never got a label. So no, you never were like, you're just like right on the cusp. No, it's good. It's because you're fucking. No, you refuse to learn. That's not true. <laughs> what do you I was, mean? No one has taught me. No one has taught me to feel empathetic. That's unfair. I will be. Uh, <laughs> when when we first became close friends, and then I started drinking, you and I sometimes ran into trouble with our friendship because I would be upset about something, and we wouldn't have been able to process it the way we used to, which was like we'd both get drunk and forget about it. Now I would be upset about something, and I would want like a shoulder to cry on a little bit, and you struggled with that a little bit. And we couldn't tell if that was sociopathy or alcoholism. Let's be clear. Oh, who knows what it was. <laughs> Hashtag water. Hashtag water, baby. Hashtag man of 2020. Hashtag water. Dude, talking about college, there was this fucking person I went to college with. And I was like a freshman and I was awkward and I was anxious. And we were just trying to push this piano like across the stage for our job. We were running event staff. And I said, all right, come on, so-and-so, man up. Let's do it. They were like, hey, that's like a shitty thing to say. I was like, what do you mean? They're like, what do you mean? man up i'm not a man what's wrong with a woman up and i was like okay oh shit i'm sorry i didn't realize that and i thought that was the end of it man but like this person just hated me from then on i I, like literally i said oh you are in fact right that was shitty of me i'm sorry i I thought we were good yeah i don't know who said man up more you or me but when it started becoming something we realized that would leak into our conversation on an accident we would just start exaggerating yeah yeah, that's how we we went cold <laughs> yeah, exactly. Instead of taking it out of our vocabulary, it becomes a joke vocabulary. It's like, yeah, man up, brother. Yeah. yeah, we make it so exaggerated. So it's like our slip ups are not slip ups anymore. They're We're ironic. Just extra woke, baby. <laughs> We would go, man up, guys, man stuff, and then take our hands and pretend we're fucking masturbating. Man stuff. You flex, and then you pretend masturbating. Man stuff, man stuff. Yeah, you're right. We didn't (laughs) need to do that. That is is very funny. That is actually very funny. Let (laughs) me clarify. If you guys want to support us, these ending bits that we have, we're filling it up with like random shit because last week, the last episode, we didn't have anything to say because no one sent us something, so we ended up really quick. Yeah, it was just us begging. But if you really want to support us, likes, sharing, of course we'd appreciate it. But send us something, let us talk about it. Questions, opinions, disagreements, anything. You can even write hate. And then we'll have to talk about hate and we'll be like, what the fuck? Yeah, why do you hate our podcast? I thought our podcast was good. What the fuck? So you are giving us content. Don't think about this as supporting us. Think about this as supporting yourself, my little Yeah, as usual, as usual. We have an email, by the way. Oh, we do? (laughs) I knew you were going to be like, as usual, we have no emails. But we do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh Oh, fuck. I did teach him about Nikado Avocado, who I don't know if you guys know about Nikado Avocado, but he's this guy on YouTube and that's just nuts. 
but we, we had a really good conversation. I actually probably could have been doing more work and instead I just talked to this guy and his super adorable, super friendly daughter. I'll read what he said. Suede, loved meeting you today. Checking out the podcast as I write this. Good laughs. Thanks for the bookmark. On the way back to my apartment, I googled Eater Avocado YouTube and fell down a slimy tunnel. And then he sent me two essays that we, we spoke about. So thank you for, uh, thank you. Oh, shit. <laughs> we beep that. We bleep that. Yeah. <laughs> two people where the bookmarks have worked. Yes. Two people. Two out of 500. <laughs> Maybe I'll tweet what? Nikki Avocado? <laughs> no, I'm not going to tweet Nikki Avocado, but I will probably tweet these essays. Dude, don't worry. We're getting viral. We're getting viral. 2022 man up hashtag. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I said. Water. <laughs> That's a viral tweet right That's there. That's a viral tweet. <laughs> so, 2020 December, we're going to do some Christmas fun. I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to do some Christmas stuff because I fucking love Christmas. It's my favorite holiday. You know what would be fun? Maybe we'll find a guest for you and I'll sit it out. Wow. No. <laughs> Alrighty. Just remember if you're going to watch a movie, hashtag water. If you're going to watch a movie, hashtag water. <laughs> Hashtag <laughs> Trash bag uh, Duel with the lights off <laughs>